0: Everyone, welcome back to our Golden 20s podcast. (laughs) I'm like really hyping this up already. I was trying to find a way. It's Sadie and Tegan. You guys know us. Hello, welcome back. I was trying to think of a way to switch up what I say, and it Mm -hmm. wasn't coming to me fast enough. So, hence the awkward pauses and weird stress on (laughs) different parts of how I usually say it. But hello, welcome back. That's the gist here. We are actually excited for today's episode because, first of all, we love this topic, but it's also the last episode of season two, which I don't know if that really means much to anybody. I don't even know if it means much to us because season one, season two, season three, it's all... We just show up and do the same thing regardless of the season, but... That means we've been doing this for two years consecutively every single week, yeah. and we are headed into yeah. our third year. So that is crazy. And I do got to say, I think we're going to end it with a bang with today's episode.
1: Yeah. it's I don't even know if I could think of anything besides like eating, sleeping, showering that I do every single week that yeah. I've never missed a week.
0: Even like career front wise, like I've always made a move like after two years or that seems to Mm -hmm. be the theme for me. So like anything going into a third year of like consistent dedication to it, I think this is this is the only example of that in my life, even like taking into account my like professional career. So we're committed.
1: Yeah, definitely. Good job us. Good we job us. So bright.
0: Yeah. We should yeah. and make sure you guys tune into next week's episode because we do have a fun one planned to kick off season 3, but I guess that's getting ahead of ourselves. Let's focus on what we're talking about today and that is ways to level up your career. So last week we did a QA episode. If you missed it, definitely go check it out. One of the questions that was asked was all about getting a raise at work. And Tegan and I were like, we're gonna keep this brief because we have some Mm -hmm. like career episodes. And then once we got it started, we just couldn't stop because we love talking about this so much. So we were like, you know what? Let's just do a whole other career episode because we just have so much to say on this. And Right when we think we've said it all, more ideas come to Mm -hmm. us. So here are even more ways to level up your career. And I think it's great timing too, as we, you know, maybe are starting a new year. Maybe your goal for the year is to get a new job or, you know, Mm -hmm. switch industries or You know, something along those lines for your New Year's resolutions or 2023 goals. But it is also a great time with companies kind of in their fiscal year end and lots of performance Mm -hmm. appraisals and end of year discussions happening. We just have lots of tips and tricks for you guys.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that we're in kind of like a weird position too, where there are like, there's the potential that someone listening has only ever worked virtually. Like if you were so in school during the pandemic and now you're like working virtually, these are the kinds of things that you would maybe learn from other people in the office, learn from observing how other people work, and you maybe have not had that chance. And you might even be in a situation where you've only worked virtually and now are starting to go back to working in the office. And so that was kind of the way I approach some of my tips. Because I feel like a lot of the big obvious things, it's like everyone knows that. I don't know. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of going back to basics and I'm like, what's the really simple things that no one really thinks about or talks about that actually can make a big difference professionally? So that was kind of the way I thought about it. So the first thing that I wrote down was when you go to the office or when you're on a call or when you're interacting with anyone that you work with be kind and be kind to everyone and this is maybe obvious but it's so easy especially if you're like me you're not a morning person you walk in the door and you're just like head down gotta get to my desk it makes a big difference if you say hello you say good morning you smile you ask like how was your night last night everyone's gonna say the same thing it was good how was yours great watch tv And, but that little thing makes a difference and be kind to everyone. This applies too to job interviews, like be friendly to the receptionist, be friendly Mm -hmm. to the janitor, to the intern, everyone, because when you like put out that good vibe, everyone likes working with you and you never know who's connected. Like the first job I got, they asked the receptionist, who did you like the most? And she said, me. Because I like sat and chatted with her and like we literally became friends right away. And so I wanted to mention that because obviously working virtually is so isolating. And maybe you don't realize how important sort of like being a part of the company culture is. Totally. But like when you work in an office, you can see the people who are like culture hires in the Mm -hmm. office and you maybe don't see, it's maybe not as obvious when you're virtual, but like that can make a difference in who they decide to promote, who they decide to lay off. And even though that's maybe silly and stupid because it's not anything to do with your actual work, people like to work with people that they enjoy spending time with. And if you're grumpy and just never smiling, never saying hi, never asking how anyone else's day is going, It's just not always a good look. It's one thing if like you're having a bad day, like, yeah, we all have bad days, but you know, it doesn't hurt to say hello to people. I also just wanted to throw out that it's important to participate in team outings and socials, that kind of thing. We've talked about this before, but it's perceived as you being, you know, part of the culture, a team player, that kind of thing.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's especially important if you do start a job remotely, And you are – like you don't have existing relationships in the company and you're starting to build these from like the ground up essentially. Like that in-person time, if it's available, you should take advantage of it because I think – that'll help you. If you have a good relationship with someone in a personal sense and not saying that you need to become best friends with all of your coworkers, but if you have like mutual respect for each other and an actual genuine relationship, that'll actually help your work relationship as well. And I even think about that with when people ask me favors, you know, or people ask Mm -hmm. me to help them. Like if we're, friends and have that friendly relationship, I'm like, yeah, I want to help you. And yeah, Yeah. you know, like I'll do this for you because I like you and I respect you and all those things. And I think it goes the other way as well. So if you're just kind of showing up to all these meetings, camera off, on mute the whole time, and you're not giving people to get to know you, Mm -hmm. I feel like you're kind of closing yourself off to maybe them wanting to help you or, do favors for you or something like that, you know? So it is definitely, like you said, it kind of sucks, but at the same time, I feel like that's just part of kind of like working a corporate job is building those relationships and those relationships getting you further in your career than if you didn't have them.
1: Yeah. Well, and you bring up a good point too, that I feel like we could mention, like it's good to be friendly, but, like, these people shouldn't be your best friends either. Mm-hmm. Like, keep a professional. It's one thing to be, like, saying hi, to be asking people how their weekend was. But, like, I don't know, don't be, like, DMing them outside of work hours or something, you know? Like, yeah. there's a line there, too, that maybe if you've worked virtually, you, like, don't know is there, but... Yeah. So be kind and nice and friendly, but still keep it professional. Don't be like trauma dumping on your coworkers because you're like, well, this is me opening up and they're going to like me. Like still keep it profesh. Yeah, definitely.
0: I think my one of my tips, it's not quite along this line, but it's very much <laughs> along building relationships and communicating with other people like coworkers or cross-functional teams, but this one, and I feel like my tips, they are kind of virtual related, like things you might not pick mm-hmm. up on virtually, but they're also just, these are things I've learned with experience and things I learned on my own. People didn't really tell me to look out for these things. So now I'm like, Hey, mm-hmm. I learned these. I think they're why, you know, I've gotten to where I've gotten to. So now I'm going to try and share, share what helped me get here. So Going back, sorry, that was a long-winded rant to this first point I wanted to make, (laughs) which is to take time to understand how all the teams work together. So I feel like when we're working, we get very focused on our day-to-day, on our tasks, on our projects, and that's great, you know, like it's great to be dedicated to the cause, but I do think you lose sight sometimes, especially working from home that you and everybody else that's employed by the same company are all on the same team and you're all working towards Mm -hmm. a common goal. So I work in retail. So it's like, we're all working towards, you know, that, Sales number at the end of the year, or we're all working towards Mm -hmm. a certain customer count or a certain conversion rate on our digital channels. Like we all have that same common goal. So it's important to know how your job contributes to that goal, which I'm going to talk about more in a minute. But I think it's also important to know how the other teams are also working towards that goal and how you guys support each other and how your role influences what other people do in their role. So I think Mm -hmm. if you're getting situated in a new job, For me, I always found it very helpful to go into the office and usually teams sit together. You know what I mean? So like the marketing team Mm -hmm. sits in this room, the merchandising, like this is the merchandising room or hallway or the floor if you work for a really large company. So it's easy to visualize all the teams, but working remotely, you don't have that, you know? So I think if you can get your hands on like an org chart or a flow chart to see like a peek into... People's titles and who they report to, and you know, team structure. I think that helps, but also being curious and Mm. being open to actually learning what that title means. So, understanding how they fit into a process that maybe you also contribute to, or how I guess just like how they function in their day to day, and how maybe you guys are working, like I said, on the same thing and you don't even know it. So I think a great way to do that is asking questions in meetings. Like if you're in cross-functional meetings and somebody's talking about something, like step in and be like, Hey, like, can you explain that a little bit more or ask questions specifically if you realize, you know, we are working on the same thing or even just setting up virtual coffee chats. I know this sounds cringy and I hate the word coffee chats. I feel it's a little overused, but that's the best way to describe it. And it's just like, you know, reaching out to people, building these relationships that you maybe, or sorry, building relationships and reaching out to people that you maybe don't work with every day, but you're interested in learning what they do, that sort of thing. And for me, like working in social media, especially at my last job, I feel like social media is so like new and interesting to a lot of people. So I've had people reach out to me and just be like, Hey, I'm curious about what you actually do and you know, how you actually bring these campaigns to life on social channels and how you measure it, things like that. So people would set up coffee chats with me and like, I'd love to explain to them what I do and love to explain to them what a day in my life looks like. And I've even had people shadow me at some point. So I just feel like that's also a great way to get insight, but To wrap all this up, I think why it's so important to do this is because, and from my experience, I think when you understand the whole picture, not just your role, it really builds like your business acumen, but you also become way more diplomatic and it improves your problem-solving skills. So for me, like knowing how you know the whole marketing team works, not just me and my media world, I can Mm -hmm. find efficiencies, I can make sure. I know what questions to ask. I can make sure, you know, who's responsible for what because Mm -hmm. I know we're all one big team, you know? So I don't know if this is making sense, but I think it's along the lines of building relationships and actually in the professional sense and like we were saying, like the work sense, understanding what they do and how you can actually work together versus just being siloed in your own department or role.
1: Yeah, I even find it's helpful with, Knowing like your expectations. Like, if someone comes to you with a request and you don't know how important that person is, it's hard to tell how important that request is. Yeah. If that makes sense. Where it's like, if you have like a clear understanding of, okay, the CEO is asking me to do this, that's probably going to trump what this other person's asking me to do like I don't know it can help you with prioritizing things as well
0: totally because I think that's actually a huge point because everybody thinks their task or their role is the most important because it's the most important to them you know but if you have context into the whole picture it makes it easier to prioritize in the again going back to like that one company or the one goal like what is the actual priority here
1: Yeah, exactly. The next point I wanted to talk about is something I think I've already talked about on the podcast, but it was advice I was given in my very first job, which is basically anytime you're doing anything, when you think, okay, I finished that task, take a moment, look at it and decide if this is at 99%, how do I get it to a hundred percent? And I feel like this is what makes you sort of stand out, I guess, against other people, but it's the little stuff that makes the big difference, like naming links and emails so that it's not just like a giant long hyperlink of random letters. Like people don't always do that, but it's like little stuff. You're looking at your email. Okay. This email looks great. How do I get it to a hundred percent? Oh, I'm renaming that like review link. Or it's like you're sharing a folder with someone, you're making sure that folder's tidy and named correctly. Mm -hmm. Like it's just little stuff like that, but it makes a big difference, especially if, like you said, everyone should be working towards the same goal. If there's any way that you could make someone else's life just slightly easier, always take that step.
0: I love that so much. It's kind of like, like double check yourself and I feel like over time you'll get like that detail oriented skill you can add to your resume. You know what I mean? Like I think being detail oriented comes into play in a lot of different ways, but I think that's something you can build, you know? And I think when you Mm -hmm. are a detail oriented person or you do take that extra second to proofread your emails before you send or, you know, not ask obvious questions that have already been answered or, you know, just little things like that. I think people notice that, and it can definitely help build kind of your reputation among your coworkers as well. But yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah. Even like simple stuff like putting a simple subject line in your email. Like, I don't want yes. to see emails that just are like urgent help yeah because it's like if I'm ever searching for this email I'm never gonna find it again whereas if like I work at an agency so we have all different clients like I always put the client's name in the email and I say what it's about like so simple right but nobody does it
0: (laughs) yeah no that is so so true I one of my pet peeves there's people at my work who put just like everything in the subject line Like it's like if it's a short email, they just put it all in the subject line and you're like, "Uh, no, no, like this isn't it. My other pet peeve, and this is something that. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me asking for a lot, but when people send you meeting invites without anything Mm. in the body of the email, like there's no, I don't necessarily need an agenda. I just need to know the context of it, you know? And even if it's something we've talked about, even if it's a coffee chat, going back to that example, put something in the body of the email that's like, so say it's like this put, First of all, like we're saying in this case, it's like a meeting invite, but do like coffee chat, Sadie and Tegan or intro call or something like that. And then in the body of your email, literally be like, hi Tegan, this as discussed, this time is to like, get to know you better and what you do in the day to day, like, you know, just summarize what you are going to talk about in that meeting. Like, oh, it drives me nuts. But
1: there's nothing worse than like, uh, an invitation coming through, and it's like from your boss, and it's just like chat. And you're like, oh God, so I'm getting yes, fired. Exactly. That's what you're trying to tell me. Like, yeah, so stressful. Even I find it totally. stressful when people cancel meetings with no, like, at least yeah. we use Google and it gives you like a little box that's like, explain why you're canceling the meeting. And it's like, had to reschedule for something else or no longer needed. But when you're just getting cancellations out of nowhere, it's like, what is going on today? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You take it like personal rejection yeah. when you see that big decline to come yeah. in with no explanation. You're like, what's wrong? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I relate to that so much. Uh, this is maybe related, maybe not, but out of all this great work you're doing, I really recommend keeping a running list of all your major accomplishments. And this is especially easy if you're starting a new job, like fresh out of the gate because you can just document these things as you go Mm -hmm. versus reflecting on it like five years down the line and you're ready to make a move. And you're like, wait, what have I even done over these five years? Or like even one year, I think it can be hard come end of year discussions to be like, wait, what were all the great things that I did this year? Like that I want to talk to my manager about or remind them that I did. So I find it's super helpful to just, as soon as you launch a project or as soon as you like cross a huge to-do list item or a huge list item off your to-do list, you know what I'm trying to say, (laughs) jot it down so you don't forget about Mm -hmm. it. Because I think it's very common to just, okay, this project's done onto the next thing. And then it's like always onto the next, onto the next, and you don't take time to really reflect or celebrate your accomplishments. It's funny, I did do this when I started my current job. So I started October 2021 Mm -hmm. and it came in handy for my 2022 year end review, like Mm -hmm. in February. So I hadn't been there that long, but I was writing them in a draft email and just like saving it. And then one day I deleted it and I was like, no, (laughs) like literally everything I've done in the last six months. It's just gone. So that's my other tip. If you do want to keep a running list, keep it maybe like in a Word doc and saved on your desktop. Or like if you use Microsoft OneNote or somewhere where you can't easily delete it. Make sure it's accessible for you to easily add to it. But it's also somewhere safe.
1: Even if you have imposter syndrome like me every once in a while, if you're like, can I do this? You'd like open up your successes folder or my folder is just called like happy thoughts or something. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot that I'm like the most amazing person that's ever lived. This is great.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love that so much. I think too, this really helps for I think I kind of talked about this, but if you're applying for a new job, Mm -hmm. like I think sometimes it's really hard to summarize what you actually do in your experience section on your resume, but you need to do that in order to, you know, show you're qualified for whatever job you're applying to. So I think if you just have this running list of things you've done, if you can tie numbers to it, like in my example, like I launched our back to school campaign and it was our most successful, like, back to school season. Mm -hmm. And it drove, you know, this many more impressions, digital traffic, digital revenue, whatever. Having all those in my notes helps, but it's also being like, oh, yeah, I should probably put this on my resume as a really great example of what i did at my job and the results that it drove so i think when you're writing your resume sometimes that's when you draw a blank being like what do i even do or like what is my experience and i deal with this all the time with friends because i'm always that friend to be like if you need help with your resume just send it over yeah and they're like they don't come up with anything with what they do and then i'm like but don't you do this don't you do that and they're like oh yeah why didn't i think of that Mm -hmm. but if you have this list to reference it just comes a lot
1: easier Yeah, I love that. I mean, kind of related, kind of not, is to invest in your strengths. And I feel like, especially when you're new to a job, it can be so easy to just become like the yes person and just be like, I'll say yes to everything and focus on trying to be good at everything. Instead of figuring out where your strengths are and then using that to your advantage. Now, obviously, for most jobs, you can't be like, "Mm, I'm not really good at spreadsheets, so I'm just not going to do that. Like most jobs, you have to do like a variety of stuff that you're not good at. But don't be trying to force yourself to like take on more, say, like roles of I don't know, organizing analytics, let's say, if you're terrible with numbers and are much more of a creative person. Instead, try to Mm -hmm. do more related to the things that you're good at. Like if you're really great at putting together decks, volunteer to do more decks. Take a course on deck design Mm -hmm. to ramp up that skill. Like, I don't know. I just find that it's easy to get stuck doing a little bit of everything whereas if you can figure out what you're good at and try and run with that it can be a lot more helpful towards like building your career building a portfolio that kind of thing
0: yeah i love that so much i had a similar thought when it comes to like investing in yourself a little bit and i think a lot of companies offer like totally free personal development courses. So you talked about spreadsheets in Excel, like every company I've worked for anyway, like they often have a Excel crash course or like Excel basics course you can sign up for. And usually it's like managed through (laughs) your HR, learning and development team, things like that. And my current role. I've done a situational leadership course. So it was just, you know, how to be a a more effective leader. I know we also have courses on how to like meeting etiquette essentially, and like how to give constructive feedback and, you know, a lot of like soft skills, but also a lot more technical skills. So I think it's very easy to be like, uh, that's just another thing to like, work into my nine to five hours, like I don't want to do it. But if you view it as a way to essentially take advantage of these free resources to better your personal development and your like professional career outside of this company as well, like I think it really is a great resource and you should be taking advantage of it.
1: Yeah, 100%. Like my company has, every employee has $500 to put towards personal development and no one uses it. Meanwhile, I'm like, let's go. Like they covered my expenses to join Monday Girl, which is a networking group. So I was going to mention like check out networking groups, but, and then reach out to your work and see if they'll cover that because it's helpful for them as much as it's helpful for you. And I actually Mm -hmm. saw this thing on TikTok where someone was like, I split my day up 60% doing work for work, 40% doing work for me and my professional development. And I was like, I have never thought of it that way, but it makes sense because when Mm -hmm. I'm spending time, I don't know, during my day, learning how to make better TikToks, learning to look at, I don't know, different trends, investigating like YouTube shorts. Yeah, that's for me. That's for my personal development. It's helping me and my career, but it's helping my company because then I can help my clients with those kinds of things. And I don't know. It's just a different way of sort of thinking about it.
0: Yeah, and I think like you also need to keep in mind that the company you're working for isn't the end-all be-all, you know? So if you, like, you can't just think of these skills are going to help me in this role. Like, you're always kind of also looking out for your future self. And yeah, I think that's the part that gets overlooked is just, like, outside of this role, you know, like, I want to be, like, focusing on my professional development so it can help me land my next role or so that I'm constantly growing and learning and I'm constantly challenging myself regardless of what company I work for or what role I'm in. So it doesn't, your career doesn't just equal the current title or job that you have at this point in time. It's, like an ongoing journey, if you will. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the last point I had is also like very related to this, but it's to become an expert in the technology that your company uses. And so a lot of these points are kind of related, but you know, you could show up you're, you know, using Excel for something and you're like, well, I know when I type the numbers into here, they show up there. I know how to add, I know what a minus, why would I want to know anything else? It's like, you're getting paid. You could be using that time where you're getting paid to learn how to become like an Excel wizard and be amazing at it. And then mm-hmm. look good in your company, put it on your resume that you Excel at Excel and like get hired for a new role based off of that where you spent time where you were getting paid just to become better at a tool that your work already had. Like, I yeah, I don't know. exactly. It's kind of weird. And I feel like it's something that you don't really think about, but like I worked for a place that used Monday to, you know, organize tasks and the amount of times mm-hmm. I've been asked, like, do you know how to use Monday? And I can be like, well, I got so proficient at it. I was the person who set up the Monday boards and it's like, whoa, Mm -hmm. you're a Monday genius. That's crazy. But it's like not even that big of a deal, it seems until it is. And it's something that you can put on your resume. And it's the thing that differentiates you from the five other people who applied for a job. So I, yeah, I wanted to throw that out too, to become an expert in the technology your company uses, because a lot of this tech is also very expensive. So if you're Unemployed, when you've got all the time in the world, you're like, maybe I could get better at using the Adobe. Like, well, they're 40 bucks a month. So are you going to do that now? (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: My last two points are related to each other and I'll try to keep it short. But this is, I also think, a huge underrated piece of professional development and us viewing our careers as something to us, not just like we're saying. Your role to a company. And it all starts with goal setting. And of course it does because (laughs) I'm a huge goal setter. So I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that I set goals in my professional career and I take them just as seriously as I do in my personal life. And I think why I say it's underrated is because it's forced Mm. upon us. (laughs) Like, especially if you work for a corporate company, they're going to have a very formal process that you... Set goals at the beginning of the year, then you maybe have your quarterly check-ins and then that same you know document or whatever you use to set your goals comes up for your year-end review and it's all about maybe there is a personal development section on it, but the rest is probably tied to your business objectives and things like that. And I think people don't understand why taking these goals seriously is so important. And I, even sometimes I feel like I take them way more seriously Mm -hmm. than my boss does. And it's like, okay, Sadie, chill out. And of course I'm very intense, like, yes, (laughs) Scorpio energy to the max. But at the same time, it's because I know that these goals are what's Mm going to set me up for success when it comes to those quarterly or year end check-ins. So first of all, when you're setting goals, I think it's important to, Understand what your company's objectives are and what their overarching goals are for the year. And then you set your goals for your specific role or your specific department to ladder up to those bigger goals. And I think this part often is what comes through, but from Mm -hmm. your manager or whatever. But I think the power in doing that is actually knowing how you personally and your role are contributing to that big picture I've been talking about a million times throughout this episode. And the power in doing that is you're never sitting at your desk being like, oh, I just sank so many hours into this project and I don't even know why. Mom. Like, why am I doing this? Nobody even cares. Like, what? what's the point? Like, if you know what your company's goals are and what your personal goals are to help the company get there, it removes that. You know, you have that sense of purpose and that can really motivate you in your The work that you do. I also think setting these goals, like you need to be specific and make them meaningful and measurable because this will be what essentially Mm -hmm. is why you deserve a raise or why you deserve a promotion. If you can sit down at these quarterly or year-end check-ins and literally tick off the goals Mm -hmm. that you set and you're like, I accomplished literally everything I wanted to this year, which doesn't always happen, but if you can... Like that's the perfect discussion to be like, so I deserve more money. So I deserve a promotion or, you know, it sets the ground for that conversation. So super important to take those goals seriously. And even my work, going back to Mm -hmm. the courses that they offer, they even offer courses on how to set goals. And I know those are like cringy and you got (laughs) your smart goals. And it's like, I've been hearing about this since fourth grade. Like I'm over it. I think if you just kind of reframe your mindset around it and be like, this is what's going to, you know, propel me forward and show Mm -hmm. everybody that I'm amazing because I'm capable of so much, like use them, you know? And the second piece to that is to be the one to lead the conversation about your growth. So me setting these goals, that's always me saying to my boss, I'm taking this seriously. I know what I need to do to help the business succeed. This is what I'm dedicated to doing. Mm -hmm. And you know that shows already that I'm wanting to grow and I'm ambitious. However, it's also important to be holding your manager accountable to those check-ins that we were just talking about. I think it's common for people to get busy throughout the year, especially if you work in retail as well, probably Q4, it gets super busy and chaotic with holidays, Black Friday. And then all of a sudden you're planning for the next fiscal year, like I feel like it can be pushed off those quarterly check-ins. So making sure you're saying to your boss, like, this is important Mm -hmm. to me. I want to talk about my growth. Or if you have weekly touch bases with your manager, bring up your growth then, you know, talk about, I've been with the company for a year. What's the timeline to get a promotion? What is my next title? What do I need to do to earn that title? And those sorts of things. And I say... You need to be the one to lead the conversation because with even so many of my friends, I think I'm somebody who the first chunk of my career, I was getting promoted every single year. And my friends were like, how is this happening to you? Like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm asking my boss for a promotion. Like, I'm literally... Creating my own narrative. Because if you're waiting for your company or your manager to say, hey, we're desperate to give you more money, like that's never going to happen. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. take matter into your own hands and kind of carve your own path or ask about it. Because I think once you show that, first of all, you are Mm -hmm. interested in growing or you are thinking about this, I think you get a lot of respect from your managers and your boss or whoever. But, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's one of those, like, create your own reality type of things. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just wait around yeah, for somebody 100%. else to have this conversation. Sometimes you need to be the one to put it forward. Yeah. And on the last note, I feel like we have a whole other episode on this. But I also think similar to this is it's really important to have a mentor And your mentor might be your boss or your manager, but it also might not be. But I think this is another great person to have these types of conversations with and very openly where it's just like, this is what I'm thinking about. Is this realistic? Like... This is what I want out of my career. How do I get there? Those sorts of conversations. If you have somebody who has been through it, maybe they're in the same industry or work for the same company and have made some lateral moves or something like that. I think it's just helpful to have their support and their guidance and their Mm -hmm. advice. I'm somebody who I have a close relationship with my parents. So I call them up, you know, tell them everything that's going on, but they can't actually give me advice on how to advance my career and stuff because they're not in it. You know, they've never worked for the companies I've worked for or even they're both self-employed for that factor. They have been forever. So they can't give me advice like a actual mentor can. So it's important to find those mentors throughout your career. Maybe if you're just starting, it might be like a professor from your college or university, somebody you had a great relationship with, but just somebody who wants to see you succeed and will help you get there just by chatting things through with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of like the networking groups, like I mentioned, have like built-in mentorship programs or even like reach out to people via LinkedIn that you're interested in or via Instagram. Like I've had people DM me on LinkedIn who went to the same university as me and they're just like, hey, I'm interested to know about how you got where you are. And like people are happy to talk about themselves realistically, like You can't like, yeah, exactly, and it's not, yeah, I don't know. So I feel like that's always a good idea. If you're like in your own little isolated bubble, don't know how to even get started, that could be an option too.
0: Totally, and I love that point you brought up to tag. Is if you're somebody who has been working for a while, and there's new hires coming on board or something. I also think it's important to, and you can learn a lot as a mentor as well. So even if you're not super high up, like you're not a VP of whatever department you work in, like you can still be a mentor just as a specialist or a manager, like whatever your title is. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. But I think it's still important to like, not gatekeep information and again, want to see other people succeed. So going back to the new hires thing, like I feel like in some experiences I've had, it's like very much people know how to help you, but Mm -hmm. they choose not to, because it's like, well, I had to figure it out. So you'll have to figure it out too. Where it's like, well, if you know I'm doing this wrong, like just tell me and like mentor me in the moment, you know? So I'm big on that too, is becoming a mentor if you feel like you can and you have experience to share, especially with those new hires who are maybe new to a company Mm -hmm. or just starting their career and don't really know where to start. If you feel like you can help them, help them.
1: Don't gatekeep the information. Yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah. I feel like one of the key things that came to mind when I was looking at our notes, it's striking this balance. Like you, we started by talking about how you should build relationships. Mm -hmm. You want people to like you. Then we talk about, okay, but you also need to do really good work and like, you need to find what you're good at and, you know, invest in your growth and take it seriously and your ambition all things like that. And the best way I can sum this whole thing up is that In your career, like to succeed and to level up, I really think you want people to like you, Mm -hmm. but you also want people to respect you. And the whole respect piece comes from taking your job seriously, doing it well, Mm -hmm. um, being a team player, you know, pulling your weight on the team. That's a big thing. But also building those like interpersonal relationships where people also like just being around you and they like working with you and they want to vouch for you and see you succeed because they like you so
1: much. 100%. Great. Well, I think that's a good note to leave it on. Hopefully everyone listening got, I don't know, some interesting perspective, even if you've been working in person this whole time. I still think that there are a lot of interesting, like, tips and tricks in here. And especially if you're like, this is my year. I'm leveling it up. Hopefully this can be, like, a good starting point. Yeah, so... Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. We put out a new episode every single Tuesday, so make sure you're subscribed and following us so that you see when those new episodes drop. In between those episodes, you can follow us on social media. We're at our golden twenties and we're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Spotify, and Pinterest. I started (laughs) to combine those two. And we also have a Patreon page, which is the best way to show your support for the podcast. Once again, thank you so much for listening.
0: See you next Tuesday for season three. (laughs) Woohoo!